0: If you like Area 45, you're going to enjoy the Hoover Institution's other podcasts, Uncommon Knowledge, The Classicist with Victor Davis Hanson, and The Libertarian with Richard Epstein. Subscribe now to the Hoover Podcast at hoover.org slash podcasts. That's hoover.org slash podcasts. Hoover Podcast, ideas defining a free society. Hello, it's Tuesday, October the 1st, and welcome to Area 45, a Hoover Institution podcast examining the policy avenues available to the 45th President of the United States. I'm Bill Whalen, the Hoover Institution's Virginia Hobbs Carpenter Research Fellow. My guests, plural, today here at Hoover's recording studio on the campus of Stanford University are David Brady and Douglas Rivers. Dave Brady is the Davies Family Senior Fellow at the Hoover Institution. He's also the Bowen H. and Janice Arthur McCoy Professor of Political Science at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. Doug Rivers likewise is a Hoover Institution Senior Fellow and a Stanford University political scientist. He's also the chief scientist at YouGov PLC, a global polling firm which partners with CBS News, The New York Times, The Economist, and Dave Rivers and uh, Doug Rivers and Dave Brady also do an internal tracking poll here at the Hoover Institution that follows voting patterns in election years. Gentlemen, October is a month known for political surprises (coughs) and surprise of surprises. We are looking at impeachment proceedings, or maybe that's not a surprise. Tell me you were surprised.
1: (laughs) Did I miss something? Is something (laughs) going on that I haven't heard about?
0: So a funny story. I was in Washington about two weeks ago doing podcast and talking to several journalists. And everything I talked about at the time was very timely for that little snapshot in early September of Washington. And I got back here about 10 days later and kaboom, impeachment begins. And now those podcasts, well, they're looking a little mossy right now. And this is life in the Donald Trump era. But your thoughts just before we get into the polling data on the significance of impeachment. Because here's what I see: we went 130 years in American history between the impeachments of Andrew Johnson and Bill Clinton, 1868 and 1998, and now we're looking at this for the second time. Now we're looking at this for the second time in 20 years. Excuse me, Richard Nixon. I forgot about Richard Nixon. Can't forget Richard Nixon, 1974. Now for the second time in 20 years, we're looking at an impeachment process. Is this is this a function of something a president has done wrong, or is this just the new new in American politics?
2: I think we know a lot more because of uh, the way journalism works. Mm -hmm. In the past, journalism didn't really dig into personal lives and these sorts of things, so a part of it is that, and a part of it probably is polarized times. Well, an interesting question is would the Nixon impeachment have played out the same way
1: uh, if uh, Nixon had taken the approach of Clinton and Trump uh, to uh, essentially just... Deny everything, resist, and right. hold his ground. Right. Um, you know, what happened in 1974 was um, after the release of the so-called smoking gun tape, mm-hmm. which I don't think is particularly more incriminating than the uh, <laughs> Ukraine tape. <coughs> right. um, a set of senior Republicans, led by Barry Goldwater and Hugh Scott, and so forth, went to the White House and told uh, Nixon they didn't have. Uh, uh, the mm-hmm. support
2: of uh, well, that was after, of, but that was after the committee had voted articles of impeachment, and it was going to go to the House floor. So right, but it's also right.
0: after the Supreme Court eight o 0 decision yeah. to release the tapes and all that. So um, and
2: the difference today
0: is
1: that you've had Mitt Romney and Ben Sass saying right. there's something troubling, right. but uh, no one on the Republican side has gone beyond that. So it's complete. It's a perfect partisan divide. The only supporters of impeachment
0: at this point are Democrats. Right. So I did a little homework, Dave, on impeachment back in 1998, 1999. The House voted on 98. The Senate voted in February of 1999, ironically, on Lincoln's birthday, February the 12th. And if you look at the roll call vote, how many Democratic senators voted to impeach Bill Clinton, to convict him in the Senate trial? Uh, There were a handful, right? Zero. Yeah, zero was while not I was a one saying. broke ranks. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it was the same thing. One was one was a 55-45 vote. The other five Republicans came over that was the obstruction's charge. Uh, yeah. that was a 50-50 vote, but not a Democrat broke ranks. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe you look at this, maybe Susan Collins of Maine would vote to convict Donald Trump. She's up for re-election next year in what is basically a blue state. Maybe Cory Gardner from Colorado would think about it. He is running in a blue state as well Hillary Clinton carried Colorado in 2016 Martha McSally who inherited John McCain's seat in Arizona she might think about it but here we get a a, long way from 20 votes well we are yeah that's where we're getting to but McSally is running you know to to fill out John McCain's term she was appointed after McCain passed away and it would be the McCainiac thing to do to stab Donald Trump that way but these senators Dave and Doug are looking at primaries and yeah, so that's exactly that's the, the problem. problem so if you vote to do something to Donald Trump in December of this year you now have to go back to a very angry Republican base in your state and probably say goodbye to your job
2: well Collins I don't think is in that case she's but she but she can't win on just the Republican base alone most yeah. even SAS in Nebraska probably can't win on that so they do right. have to balance off I got a primary and Trump supporters if I get right. too far this way on the other hand mm-hmm. If I don't think it, take so I've got to uh, I've got to pick up some votes from the middle, from the right. suburbs, the mm-hmm. ones that they lost in 2018. So right. they have a very delicate balance problem. But, but Doug, I, you
0: but you touched on the key here, Doug, which is let's do the math in the Senate. There will 45 Democrats would vote to convict him, and let's assume the two independents will crossovers. You know, to 47. My crude mathematical skills tell me you need 20 Republican votes to get to 67, <laughs> and we've just ID'd three four five republicans maybe who would do this so you're not going to get to 67 unless I think something it's really unlikely happens.
1: you right. could get the 67 but right. what you are seeing at the moment is the republicans in congress for the most part right. are not saying anything right because uh, the, they don't know what's coming the piece on the weekend where you know seven republican senators said they hadn't read it um, right. and apparently kevin mccarthy had not read the transcripts yes. either yeah.
0: Right. The interesting thing that, uh, that caught my attention over the weekend was uh, Jeff Flake, the former Arizona senator, who uh, was interviewed, I think, by Slate, did a podcast with Slate. He said that 35 Republicans would like to see him go. So I don't, I'm not privy to what goes on in Senate Republican caucus meetings or what's going on in the market. My guess is
2: suppose yeah. you could have a vote in the House and the Senate that was absolutely... You didn't know who. This was was exactly place contention.
0: It were just a blind roll call. I think. I think
2: many Republicans would uh, happily take Mike Pence as their 2020. They'd like stability, and they want. They'd prefer that in 2020. The difficulty, though, is uh, how they get from here to there. Right. Um, They aren't that
1: opposing Trump uh, will rile the Republican base, at least as it is constituted at the moment. Um, I'm a bit of a contrarian on this. Uh, you know, In 1974, um, there were a, it was a confluence of things, the uh, Nixon-Watergate scandal, and uh, a terrible economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Republicans faced a wipeout. Um, I think the assumption that uh, you know, it will be a disaster for Democrats, impeachment will be a disaster, is not clear. Maybe, right. may not be. Uh, I think it's way too early uh, to tell on that. I agree with that.
0: One difference between 1974 and 2019, Dave, that strikes me is when The evidence came out against Nixon, and the tapes were revealed on this. It was a shock to see how the president conducted himself. The tapes were the language was crude. People did not think that conversations in the Oval Office were held this way. The public was shocked to see that the president of the United States was involved in what a third-rate burglary was at the phrase for Watergate, whereas with Trump, from before Trump took office, every accusation has been thrown at Donald Trump. So I'm I'm not dismissing what Donald Trump did with the Ukrainian president, but it's just well, Impeach- impeachment kind of confirms people's worst suspicions about how Donald Trump operates. Is the point?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, expectations of the president were very different in right. 1973, 74 than they are today yeah. after mm-hmm.
0: uh, you know
1: Clinton and Trump and and, right. and Nixon. Um, but Trump doesn't even pretend to be presidential, whereas Nixon certainly uh, did, and uh, okay. you know, and, and Clinton. Bush, uh, Obama, you know, delighted in, in the uh, ceremonial aspects of the presidency, where they at least outwardly s- attempted to be unifying forces. And, and Trump is, you know, I mean, his his modus operandi is to be divisive, to yes. be outrageous. Yes. So I, <clears throat> the
2: 1974, I think what finally got Nixon was the fact that he had the tapes, said he was innocent, and the people thought if, public opinion turned because the question is if you had the tapes that could prove you're innocent and you're not letting them out, Mm -hmm. and then of course you had the, and and so then Nixon did the right thing. I mean I think he acted in a patriotic way. He said it would be worse for the country. The senators came to him and said it's not gonna happen, be better for the country, and, and, and he stepped down. With Clinton, Uh, He lied, of course, and got caught because of the dress. But in that case, I think most Americans just thought uh, sexual dalliance like that is not significant. Well, at least enough (laughs) of them did. Yeah, so, but the point with this one is, for me, what I don't, we're gonna have to see how it plays out, is this is a case where there was an implicit quid pro quo. If the evidence on that mounts is that more serious all of the Nixon way versus uh, the Clinton uh, yeah, situation. Trump has already released the equivalent of the tapes, which is the
1: transcript, right. and is saying nothing there. It's a perfect call. Right. Um,
2: but there's many. There's a lot of other material
1: I mean, uh, a lot of people out.
2: thought it was bizarre that he released that transcript because it was so incriminating.
1: Yes. Uh, but in fact, um, given that it existed and eventually it was going to come out, it seemed to me, release it and say there's nothing there. Well,
2: there was the quid pro quo. Was. Implicit, not explicit. I, it wasn't very implicit. I, <laughs> well, That's well, just not, there's yeah. no state where he says. Now, now we're in the we, world of we, Bill Clinton and what he <laughs> is. We want some yeah. missiles, and uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and the reaction to yeah. is is well, not, yeah. do get missiles or not? I get it. I get it, but okay. I'm telling you. Right, from
2: their perspective, I was. there's no X, give me X, I'll okay. give you Y. All
0: right, so we've offered our thoughts on impeachment. Doug, you come with fresh polling data on what the American people think about this.
1: Right. So we did a uh, poll for CBS News over the weekend, which they released on 60 Minutes on Sunday night. Um, and what we showed was a 55 uh, percent of the public was in favor of an impeachment inquiry, uh, which is up from uh, the yeah. typical polling prior to this, where uh in favor of an impeachment inquiry yeah. was negative three this or four points. Online
0: sample, and how many in the sample? 2,000 people in the sample.
1: Okay. Um, 45% say no. 45% are opposed, mm-hmm. and 55%. Gee, how's
2: that breakdown by party?
1: Yeah, so the party <laughs> breakdown is interesting. Um, it, Republicans in the past have been, you know, 90% plus percent opposed to impeachment inquiry and mm-hmm. and here they were 77 percent mmm so it's um, a little bit of fraying around the edges uh, Democrats 87 in favor or 13 against Independents, independents are split um,
0: 50-50 welcome to America yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, you know there's not enough uh, it's right. you know I what i would say here that's a crack in the yeah so uh, when you republican say base, so when you say Doug,
0: when you say that 77% of republicans uh, oppose impeachment what would Inquor- be an impeachment inquiry. Inquiry, what would be your number for republicans who support trump or do you have that in the poll as well would you um, place that at maybe 85 80
1: 85 80 85 um yeah so republican support for trump is t- uh, typically running around 90 90 okay and this is um below that but that includes both strongly approved and right. somewhat approve.
2: Okay. The, su- the somewhat approve, You're the somewhat approve, has gone up a little bit that which is different from strongly approved <coughs> yeah we're not showing
1: any movement in the approval numbers overall yeah strongly Though approve has declined a few points yeah uh, mm-hmm. but it's all made up in the somewhat approved category uh, but overall the trump approval is just in our data um, total population's been running around 41% approval. If you look at registered voters, right. it's a little higher.
0: Now, is that across the board—Republicans, Democrats, and Independents—all three have not moved, or right? So everybody's locked in basically on Donald
2: Trump. But just President remember, in, loc- in the yeah. crucial—so far, this looks like Access
1: Hollywood all over again. But okay. in a the big story, yeah. and then the the party bases don't seem to react to it.
2: In the crucial states, and the battleground states, those numbers of support for Trump, they're closer. Mm -hmm. Uh, The number of Democrats and Republicans in battleground states is closer, and support for Trump is a little stronger there, which makes it an interesting election.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, the, the thing to remember, and I don't think Democrats should be complacent about this, is that Trump is below where he was in 2016. In the midwestern battleground states, um, those yes. states are more democratic now than they were in 2016, and he had a razor-thin margin, 77,000 votes across right. three states. Um, so it's going to be an uphill right. battle for him there. Right, but, but those it, it's not—it's right. certainly not locked one way or the other. But those right.
0: midwestern numbers are Trump's approval rating. You have not done head-to-heads of Trump versus Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, or yeah. Democrat to be named later.
2: Some people have. Some people. Have. Yeah, we've.
0: Um,
1: we have not been publishing a lot of that at this point because uh-huh. I think those numbers are basically junk. Yes. Um, you know, the, typically it breaks down on party lines, and yeah. Biden does somewhat better than mm-hmm. uh, Warren or Sanders and the lesser-known But Well, why, why won't it break
2: down that way? I, I don't understand. It'll break down that by party lines at the end, too. So the question really is... Right. The question
1: is whether... One candidate doing better than another right. in those places means anything at
2: this. And point. we wrote an article where we did a special experiment that said I it deny doesn't. did have
1: anything to do with yeah. this article. Yes, <laughs> you did. You were the one
2: that thought of it. And the idea was that we agree, we argued in that uh, I think in the American Interest that yeah. it did matter who the Democrats nominated.
1: Uh, I think it does, uh, but I don't think you can tell clearly from. I agree with uh, that. You know, you've got Democratic candidates running against each other yep. at this mm-hmm. point, and the differences there, uh, to some extent, reflect right. the Democratic base and what you really care about are yep. independents. Yep. How they're going to split. Let's I talk agree. about
0: let's talk about Democrats for a minute. Let's focus on Joe Biden, who could very well end up as collateral damage out of this whole <laughs> situation. It's very rarely a day goes by now without some troubling story. Today's story on Joe Biden's son Hunter Biden is a, Hunter Biden is apparently he is in a paternity lawsuit now, so he is just. In the great tradition of presidential offspring being problematic, Hunter Biden is kind of ahead of the game already. Yeah, uh, but. The former vice president has a problem here because he has his own Ukrainian narrative. Dave, you wrote a piece on um, on um, Joe Biden and his relationship with Democratic voters, Real Clear Politics, September 24th. The headline, Democratic Voters Span Diverse Views Benefiting Biden. Um, two takeaways. That wasn't
2: my headline, by the way. <laughs> no, you never get to write the headlines, which no, is the frustrating don't, thing yeah. about writing.
0: Um, but there are two takeaways I, I've had from this column. Number one. Your contention Biden still controls the electability argument within the Democratic circles. But secondly, what caught my interest is a concerning number of Warren and Sanders Democrats who would be disappointed, I think it's the word you use, disappointed if Biden were the nominee. So sure. let's talk about Joe Biden's numbers in, in within the Democratic Party. Well,
2: what we tried to do in that was put together strong Democrat, weak Democrat, lean Democrat with whether you were a liberal or moderate or conservative, and as you might expect Warren and Sanders do better with uh, liberals, uh, but Biden does much better than either one of them among moderates and conservatives, and the numbers are roughly 55-45, 55 liberal, 45 moderate to conservative. Um, so Biden, so what, what struck me in that was one of the reasons Biden, in spite of all the gaffes, hasn't fallen
0: mm-hmm.
2: is because uh, even a, even a majority, uh, he was the number one, he has liberals, who has the best chance of beating uh, Trump, Uh, more liberals, even though they're for Sanders and Warren, say Biden has a better chance. And among moderates, uh, so, but the problem was for Biden, uh, his Sanders and Warren supporters said they'd be disappointed if he got the nomination, and Biden supporters said they'd be disappointed if Sanders uh, more than Warren. Yeah, I mean, everyone's obviously disappointed
1: if their preferred candidate doesn't uh, get the nomination. Right. Um, I don't. I don't think that Democrats will have any trouble coming together behind any of the Democratic nominees. The problem is not Democrats; it's independents and right. uh, pe- uh, people who were marginally Republican previously, yep. who um, you know. The, that were the base, the way Democrats won the 2018 midterms. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are not candidates. Uh, those are not people who are uh, core Democratic primary voters, and they're not people that uh, Sanders or Warren uh, would appeal to very well.
0: Right. So yep. today is Tuesday, the first, and two weeks from today, the Democrats gather in Ohio, Hutterbein College, to hold a debate. We twelve Democrats on the mm-hmm. stage this time, up to Tom Steyer and Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, join the fund. What's your sense, gentlemen, as to what is said about impeachment? And do you think any Democrats going to say anything uh, t- about Joe Biden in Ukraine?
1: Well, at least for the short run, uh, Biden gets a bit of a pass on this because mm-hmm. Democrats are not going to, for the most part, are not going to pile on to Biden uh, when uh, it's Trump going up against him. Right. Uh, longer run, it's a much bigger problem that Biden whatever happens uh, if biden is the nominee it's going to be a big talking point for republicans in 2020
2: right it cuts away and uh, cuts away right. one of their big issues with right. uh, trump because they'll right. just yeah. counter with uh, But if, but if you're
0: if you're a democrat <coughs> and let's say you're trying to let's say you're Cory Booker for example and you're in the yeah. back of the pack and you're just trying to find some way to light your campaign yeah. on fire And this has been a pattern now in Democratic debates. Kamala Harris did it, and it worked for her. Um, uh, Julian Castro did it. It did not work for him. But taking a swing at Joe Biden is how
2: you get noticed. it worked short term for Harris. She went up to 13. She's below uh, Buttigieg now in the real clear politics averages.
1: Yeah, I don't think
2: you're going to see a Democratic
1: candidate join ranks with Donald Trump and go against Joe Biden at this point.
0: Yeah, and tellingly Elizabeth Warren has not had much to say about it, which maybe she's a believer in the Napoleon. Theory of <laughs> don't engage the enemy when the enemy's in the process of.
2: Yeah. So in, in regard to impeachment, they all, a bunch of them have already made statements say they should go ahead with impeachment. So I think well, all most raise of them their will. They'll all raise their hand on right. that. Uh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about I, that. I think
1: a fair number of them will say there's already enough
2: evidence right. to vote yes. in favor of impeachment. I, I agree with that. That's what they'll say. So I, I have a
0: suggestion for a name to put in your next tracking poll. Yeah. And she has a book that comes out today. The title of her book is The Book of Gutsy Women, Favorite Stories of Courage and Resilience. Who, gentlemen, is that woman? Uh, Rachel Maddow? Guess again. Uh, okay. L.C. <laughs> Gabbard. Hillary Rodham Clinton. Oh, geez. She's back. She's promoting <laughs> again. Right. She's, she's written a book with her. She's co-authored a book with her daughter. And it's uh, sort of like Profiles in Courage. But it's yeah. just uh, applied to, yeah. to women. And she is making the circuits. And, of course, any time a Clinton, it's sort of like the old farm joke where there are three flies there yeah. must be a horse. Anytime time she goes in front of the cameras, the 2020 speculation mounts. But is there any polling evidence, gentlemen, no. that there is any kind of appetite for Hillary Clinton? Uh, none. None.
1: none. <laughs> Zip. Uh, and I think Democratic enthusiasm for her would be quite low. Um, but... It is a distraction.
2: Whenever, I do. Go ahead. No, I mean, whenever
1: Hillary reemerges, I mean, it's clearly Trump is obsessed with her; that he's yes. trying to find her emails still. Uh,
2: <laughs> well, I think at the debate, the interesting thing for me to look at the debate is, uh, at some point, Sanders and Warren, mm-hmm. they they occupy. At at some point, uh, they are constrained. By how far they can go if they don't if one of them doesn't drop out, and Bernie uh, seems among independent leaning Democrats and particularly young people he, he's the favorite uh, for whatever reason, and at some point the two of them are going to have to uh, at least go at each other, otherwise that vote's going to be split, and I don 't see where either one of them picks up mm-hmm. from uh, the moderates that are left well.
1: First, I mean, together they have a majority of the Democratic primary voters. Um, Not a majority.
0: Yes.
2: They have the largest plurality. 20, on the real clear, it's about 44, 43. If you you throw out the
1: don't knows and that sort of thing. Okay. Okay. Um,
2: They're close.
1: The second thing is Warren is doing just fine beating Sanders at the moment. Sanders is nowhere close to where he was Mm -hmm. in 2016. Right. and well, so there I think, only two. So I think the problem is for Sanders of um, he's no longer the left-wing alternative. There is more than one. Right. Uh, and uh, he's trailing her. Uh, and so
2: then at some point he has to do something, i.e. E, attack something. Warren.
1: Uh, so we can try that. What uh, else is he going to do? Uh, <laughs> I don't think, uh, you know, it's – these are murder-suicide packs. That uh, if Sanders goes all in on attacking Warren, yes, he's, uh, a, he's dead. These are political and stories
0: that end with the line: "He then cases. turned the gun on himself." <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
1: so you got to find something other than that. Uh, the places where you, y- you know, you saw a bit of a bump for Kamala Harris when she went after uh, Biden, but it didn't seem uh, right, right away to last. Right. Um, yeah. Warren. You know, picked up in the polls, not by attacking anybody. Um, ideas.
0: But We're talking ideas.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, policies, uh, being a better candidate. Uh, than she, she has,
2: had. in the real clear politics average, she has about a four or five point lead. Right. On Bernie Sanders, he's at 17, she's right. at 22 or something, and yeah, Biden's right. at 28 or 29. No, right. Well, now this, yeah. this Those numbers
1: are bad because uh, people are using way too weak a primary screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so the now, so this
2: is a pitch for the YouGov and the others yeah. don't matter.
1: No, so I mean, we've, we've consistently <laughs> shown Warren doing better than the other mm-hmm. polls yes. and currently leading Biden by a point. Okay. Um, and the difference between our results and the rest is uh, how big uh, the Democratic primary electorate is. Right. Um,
2: so how far down is uh, Sanders in that? He's still at 15%, 16%. No, we're
1: show typically Sanders running at 13 or 14
2: Okay, so that's and s- I, 10 points. So he's still there. That makes him in what, third place? He is in third well, place, but right. he's in, there's.
1: Daylight between Biden and Warren and Sanders. Right. Um, so the, the way it looks to us uh, is that, you know, the early primaries are going to be a Biden-Warren fight, and she may win, uh, you know,
0: Iowa and New Hampshire. She has to win Iowa and New Hampshire to have any shot at the nomination. I don't think she has to win both. But. Well, her campaign's pretty much built on winning Iowa, if you just look yeah. at the money she spent, the infrastructure, and the bounce she gets out of it. But yeah. uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, Doug, but YouGov did a survey not too long ago, and you asked Democratic and Republican voters, in essence, what floats their boats, what issue matters most to them. And Republicans picked immigration, which is not a surprise since their president's been banging the immigration gong for four years now. And Democrats landed on health care. Again, not yeah. a surprise. Um, here is where impeachment fascinates me. Elizabeth Warren has had this bounce, this ride in the polls, based on talking ideas, being the ideas candidate. Media always love them an ideas candidate, but, but now, not on health care. Right, not on health care. Interestingly yeah. enough, but now she goes out every day to Iowa, New Hampshire, fill in the blank of the state she goes to, and with candidates you have two issues. Number one, where am I going? And B, what am I saying? And this is where impeachment gets in the way of things, perhaps, for her, if she wants to be the serious ideas candidate, how much of her message every day has to be tailored to ideas and not impeachment, because impeachment's the shiny object now. If you say anything about Trump and impeachment, that's probably going to be your story.
2: Well, that's a great thing for her. Yeah, I think... Is it? It's a great thing. Yeah, it's a great thing for her because it's impeachment. Mm -hmm. And health care is where she's weakest. She's started to back off of the... Uh, we will get rid of insurance for everybody. She's been silent on that. Mm-hmm. And so if she can talk about impeachment and not talk about health care, yeah. that's a great thing. I yeah. don't really think it works for her because um, her,
1: her health care policy at the moment is I'm with Bernie, um, which isn't exactly a strong affirmative right. uh, case. Um, but it, at least it gives her a little distance. of a, I wasn't really with Bernie on taking away your health care. I was just uh, with Bernie in spirit or something right. like that. Um, but... The fact is, the impeachment thing is going to be over uh, long before the primary campaign is over.
2: Yeah, I thought that's something you we didn't mention be. that's very smart. I, I yeah. think Pelosi, this is on a fast track. I think it's on a fast track, uh, part of what Doug said. You can get the impeachment well, they're, over they're, they're one way or about the other. they doing it in January. Yeah, yeah, and the impeachment is over that quickly, then it doesn't affect the primaries and you can move on with but it.
0: it's over a month before <clears throat> Iowa
2: then. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't know. It could be quite close to Iowa. But it it well, should yeah. be over and done with before Super Tuesday. Well,
0: but now Mitch McConnell can have a lot of fun here if he wants to. The senator decides when the Senate holds its trial.
1: Yeah, I I think the game for McConnell will be uh, you know he said Senate rules require him to uh, <coughs> yeah uh, hold a trial right because there's but, been some
0: there's been some fuzziness on whether or not he'd actually right, do a trial. But he so.
1: he said in terms of the details, how long, how quickly. Uh, that's up for debate, and my guess is you uh, want it over quickly. Yes, you think I, mean, I, I can't see the advantage for, you know, if McConnell's pulling the strings here, um, dragging this out. Um, you know, the best case for Republicans is over and done with, nothing there. Um, Move vindication.
0: Right. So if they pull this off by January, that's a much faster track than 1998 because right. the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, took up uh, its hearings on October the 7th. The House full full House voted on the four articles on December 17th. Merry Christmas, Bill Clinton. The Senate trial began in January and carried over into February. It took a month to get things done. I just
2: do want to remind everybody the effect of the uh, uh, Republicans when they impeached Clinton, when they could have. Gotten a censure vote that would have right. gotten a bunch of Repul- uh, would have gotten a bunch of Democratic votes for mm-hmm. censure. Right. They didn't do it, and remember, the end result of that was Newt Gingrich. They lost seats, which is uh, quite rare at the time. Mm-hmm. And Newt Gingrich resigned the speakership. Right. So that was the result of uh, pushing it too far, dragging it out too long. So I think I think Pelosi sees that lesson. Well,
0: this is a question to ask perhaps in, in to the American people via a poll. Which is the better avenue to go down? Is it impeachment or censure the president?
1: Yeah, I think you're asking a lot of sophistication. Um, yeah. I
0: know. I'm asking American people I, to say you a know, The reason
1: why censure would have been good for Republicans in 1998 mm-hmm. and, uh, and bad for Clinton and the Democrats is right. that it would have been at least some consensus. And that's what yeah. um, particularly the non-base voters uh, would like to see.
0: Yeah, I to, agree. To me, censure is a fascinating question in the House because on the one hand, it puts Republicans in a very awkward position. I think it's easy for Republicans right now to vote against impeachment saying this is just too much. You people have been out to get him from day one. This is silly. No, I'm not going to do it. And most House Republicans come from safe districts. They can get away with that. There are a few invulnerable seats. But if you put a censure vote in front of a House Republican, you're asking a different question, not whether or not you think the president committed a hanging offense, but whether or not the president should be called Hmm. for his actions.
2: Yeah, Democrats won't right. do it. But
0: conversely, it's not it puts, enough. But it puts the Democrats in the maze why censure yeah. doesn't happen. It also puts Nancy Pelosi in a bad spot. Why, if you censure Donald Trump, I think for AOC and the and the squad, that's sort of like sending Felicity Huffman to jail for two weeks. Is a feeling that there's not really sufficient punishment here. Yeah,
1: but I think the defense of there was no chance of getting a conviction in the Senate, so at least we got something, and mm-hmm. now we're turning it over to. People to vote for. Speak- I mean, Pelosi has been holding back on impeachment with yes. the idea that it was not a winning issue for right. Democrats. Right. I think. And it still it, may not be. Still may not be. But um, I think she had no choice that the base would have lynched her. Um,
2: Is that the fear of her members? If being they had not done
1: anything in response to this. Well, the letter I from do the think
2: congressman. The, the letter from the congressman and right. congresswomen that right. came from swing right. districts was big. Right.
1: Yeah. That.
0: But Help. is, is yes. there anything in polling data, Doug, that suggests there is a certain, shall we say, potency to being primaried in 2020 as opposed to being primaried in 2018 or 2016? Uh, I'm not sure what you mean. Well, uh, I was, uh, the thought here is that she moves on this because she's afraid members back home that uh, more less less liberal members are going to be primary AOC and AOC the people will put a
2: right. get, get get someone to run against you in the primary yeah the only place that's a threat is places where uh, republicans
1: aren't competitive right um, it's not like on the uh, republican side right. where if republican senators uh, oppose trump uh, yeah. they're going to get a groundswell but it
0: does get to a question team. of just how angry the Democratic base is about Trump and how much it wants impeachment and how much this sort of slakes the appetite by doing this.
1: My impression is that's
0: overblown
1: that, you know, there's this challenge to Jerry Nadler um, that I don't think will go anywhere. Uh, It makes the Democrats look chaotic um, and I think uh, Pelosi runs a pretty tight ship. Yeah. She's like Mitch McConnell yeah. that way.
0: By the way, we're in California. Not a single one of the seven California freshman Democrats opposes impeachment. They're all, we're all on board from the beginning. Yes.
2: I, yeah. think, that, I think the Democrats uh, believe, based in right. part on Republican retirements, et cetera, Right. I, I think they believe that uh, there is no way that they're going to lose the House in 2020. Right. And that emboldens them on, on this issue. Mm-hmm. Well, the opinion would really have to shift for the House to be at risk
1: uh, for Democrats. There's uh, but I think they could easily lose seats.
0: Yes. They could, uh, but if you go back and look at the history of Republican presidents running for re-election, I think Reagan picked up sixteen seats in the House in nineteen eighty-four. But there's, I've done the math on there's Nothing. There's nowhere where you find twenty plus Democrats getting kicked yeah, out of this office. this is not going to be a Republican wave in twenty twenty. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Even in the worst case, we were joking about this before we did the podcast. But the Republican wave comes in twenty twenty-two after President Warren and <laughs> Speaker Pelosi yes. overplay their hand, and right. here we go again. <laughs>
2: Well, it's possible. <laughs> I think you have well, a sure, paper on that. I sure it's possible. <laughs> I do.
0: So independence. We don't talk a lot about independence on this podcast as much as we should, but yeah. what do you think independent voters are doing right now? Well, the
2: first thing you have to be clear on independence is what, what you mean. So the way the question is asked yes. when they show 35%, 40% of Americans independent is mm-hmm. um, then there's a follow-up question: which Which way do you lean? Mm-hmm. And if you lean Democrat, our our profession counts all of those people as partisans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, the number that uh, so so when you look at uh, independents, uh, just take pure independents, non-leaners, it's like 10, 12 percent, mm-hmm. 13, uh, or uh, something like that. But when you count leaners, it seems to me a lot of the leaners that they count are people who are know they're going to vote Democrat in say twenty twenty. So in twenty twelve so in twenty so in twenty eight, two thousand and eight mm-hmm. on Obama leaners, everybody leaned Democratic. Right. Two thousand and ten they were leaning Republicans. So part of it's the vote. It's hard to tell who they are.
1: Yeah, there's three categories among independents. They're the pure independents that don't lean towards either party. Right. Um, and these voters really are You know, swing voters, though a lot of them are just non-voters. They're not very interested. They don't know much. Um, There's another group uh, which are um, not Republicans because they think Republicans are not conservative enough or they're not Democrats because they don't think Democrats are socialist enough. Um, So that's a group that ends up voting overwhelmingly for uh, the party that they lean towards. And then finally, there's a group that the leaning appears to be something that's not that stable. That they'll go from being pure independents to lean one way or lean the other way, um, and it seems to reflect more current voting intentions.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to tell who they are, but they do, they do, they do determine elections.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So to the simple Latin question, qui bono? Who benefits from impeachment?
1: I I think right now. Uh, it's way too early to tell. Um, this scandal feels a little different from the previous ones, that there's been a sequence of things that comes out. Uh, but right now, the public is not fully engaged with it. Right. Um, and I think it really depends on um, if it dies down with nothing happening, it probably helps Trump out. He once again proves he's invulnerable. Um, on the other hand... If more serious stuff comes out, even if Trump survives, I think there's a case that he'll be weakened by it.
2: Well, I'll give you a little I'm on the fence. I'll give you a little different interpretation. If the independents in the YouGov uh, weekly poll, if if you look at the, if you look at those those independents, they are much more likely to say, "Hey, I don't think he should run again for president." Uh, all of the variation in the overall support for Trump, so if it goes up or down, that's independents. Mm-hmm. And for the last mm, three, four five months, it's been about a 15-point gap among independents who independents yeah. don't approve of Trump. Mm-hmm. So I think they are inclined, and this is using the independent and in includes leaners, uh, I think they are inclined uh, at this point against Trump. That could change, but... They're not, they're not pro-Trump at this point.
1: Yeah, the, the thing about independence is they want less partisan conflict for the most part, except for this extreme base group among right. them. Um, and you had a situation where the Mueller uh, testimony concluded that was over with. It looked like we'd sort of closed the door on that. Mm-hmm. very next day, mm-hmm. Trump opens up this can of worms. There's got to be... A decent fraction of the population
2: says, um, you know, too much. Uh, can we get a break from this? Yeah, you want. Nor- I think there is this. Uh, I, don't, I don't see much of it in the poll, but you. I think there is yeah. a sense in a lot of people. They want normality. They no, they, is, they don't want this day to day stuff. This, this they is, want yeah. This to me. They is, want something boring.
0: This is a great question right now. There are two kinds of Trump fatigue there is trump fatigue based on the president's actions the president's yeah. attitude the president's manners the tweeting the arguments the yeah. constant looking to brawl it's tiring but there's also trump fatigue in terms of just the month in and month out aha now we've got him yes <laughs> this is it he's going down this I is agree. this is the end of the presidency yeah. and both are frankly exhausting and tiring. If you, it seems to me, if you want to make an argument against another four years of Donald Trump, that's your. It's the argument actually Joe Biden is trying to make, which is a return to normalcy. But here's now Joe Biden just getting sucked into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if if I were Biden at this point, a I'd be outraged. That is, get some energy uh, about. Uh, which, which, what he, Trump's doing which he's here. trying
0: to do in his emails. I, so and, I sign up for all the campaign's emails. I'm a masochist, but the emails are a fascinating way to see this, what spaghetti they're throwing at the wall. Yeah, and this is what he's tried. He's tried out. What is he getting but, outraged But huh? I think
1: someone said that he's in the candidate protection program. Yeah, what they're it, so afraid of him making gaffes that uh, you know he's not front and center uh, th- doing media. I think if TV his camp- if his
0: campaign does end up failing. Um, I think there's going to be a very ugly article written in The Atlantic or The New Yorker, pick your, pick your favorite right. Democratic outlet, about the failure. And it's going to be laid very squarely, not just on Joe Biden, but the people running his campaign, a right. lot of whom are very professional Democrats whose names you'd recognize, Dave and Doug, because they've been doing this stuff for 30 and 40 years. And a lot of their tactics have been very questionable. They, they first thought it was a great idea when Joe Biden started running to keep him away from the media. So now yeah. you had stories, story, story about Joe Biden duck in the media, <coughs> then they uh, they didn't know how to react to the gaps. And now now they're in pullback mode again and yeah. just it seems they don't quite know how to handle
1: this. Gun. Right. So I can't believe that they aren't all over the media at this point with him defending himself. Well, they had and been going. P- right, counter- man.
2: I, I don't. I don't let's, let's see about that. From so okay. he, the best thing he could say about himself is they're picking on me because I have the best chance to win. Right. But let's see his son, who was thrown out of the navy for cocaine use, who was son? in a paternity suit, <laughs> and now. Was when Biden was dealing with the Ukraine with no experience, he's on a board where he makes like $850,000, and what's he supposed to be out front on? Right. My (laughs) my kid was a genius on oil? Come on. But the pushback... Uh,
1: I think you've got no White House talking
0: points. I don't
2: don't have a talking point. The point is... That, that the, uh, you, no. So explain to me how but, Biden could be the, out front but, on that. But their strongest push
0: against the it's media It's my son. Yeah, I had
1: nothing to do with this. But I was but unfortunately the policy but that unfortunately, yeah. your son got in which the picture. Unfortunately,
0: a picture today of Biden golfing through Ukrainians. So yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's, my <laughs> son, my son, got. come on, I
2: man. my like son watching got a in on this board of and it didn't have anything to do with him by being vice president. But the campaign you got to play
1: offense on this one. But the campaign
0: tactics are curious because, for example, last week they went after the media saying, don't you dare Rudy Giuliani on any television show. Well, right. Media don't like to be censored, in fact, they don't like to be told. Well, who I to think book. Giuliani's
1: the best thing the Democrats have going for well, them. That's on why TV. it's
0: curious they want Rudy not on TV. So it just seems that his campaign's instincts right. at all times are often that. Oftentimes happens right. with a with a, with a campaign. Well, wait a minute. On the one but hand, you're criticizing
2: him for being uh, Rudy for being out there up front, now you want Biden to be up front. I, I just see if I was in the Biden campaign. I was looking back that I'd be thinking real hard about well one of, I would the big offensive thing would be they were picking on me because I can win so let me, but let I don't you, see how you so let me let me
0: run a theory push the, the my son
2: you go against it okay and let me, then you go for
1: the um, you know I'm going to serve a single term as president and oh
0: but Doug Doug every candidate John McCain tried that in 2008 yeah. that's just that's just the tell well, sign of a dying campaign isn't it.
1: A bit, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this campaign, I think the Biden campaign is going to die well, unless it gets... Here's, here's what, here's
0: what I look for. I'm going to give you kind of a, I'm going to put on my Mad Monk speechwriter hat here for a moment. My thought would be if this campaign really starts to, to really go into a tailspin come October, November, mm-hmm. early December, I send the vice president, I set him up with a speech in Des Moines, a very high profile speech, and I leak this as a big, important speech, and I have Joe Biden give in effect his checker speech. And yeah. evoke do you evoke. Think he's th- up to it? I don't know if he's up to it. That's the question. But if he's not up to it, then he's maybe not going to get the nomination anyway. Right. But maybe that's what you do. You just kinda and it's a it's a one shot you got at this. You cannot keep evoking your, your, your dead son and your family struggles. But you talk about what you've gone through personally. What he did kind of effectively at the end of that debate. Yeah. And just say to the press, basically, get off my back. There are right. bigger things to be
2: talking about. That's just yeah. my view. That's yeah. his best shot. Right? I don't. I don't. It may see be. The, it
0: may be his only shot, and it, it may or may not work. But that just might be all that he, he can do to get out of this. We'll see if he has a smart pollster. Doug Rivers looking at his numbers. Well,
2: so the point <laughs> is, we we will see. Uh-oh, uh oh, because if he gets out front, he's got to deal with it. He's got to talk about it. There's, there's no way you're going to uh, get out front on that and not talk about it. How sure. did your kid get the position? Yes. Well, whatever it is, he can say that, but if he's in a press conference, they're going to press him on that, and we'll see what happens and how that plays out yeah, I, with voters.
1: I, I think you're deluded on this one. It's Why?
2: Like, <laughs>
1: had nothing to do with me.
2: Oh, that's impossible. No one in the world but you, apparently, is going to believe uh-uh. that Joe Biden's son was put on the board of Ukraine. It didn't have anything to do with his being vice president. Yeah,
1: sure. The question is whether that he had anything to do with it. And <laughs> There's not a piece of evidence out there that uh, has Biden doing anything well, for his son I, on this. I, I we, agree with you. That we
2: disagree on this one it's, wholeheartedly. It's scummy that... Yeah. Uh, oh, it's scummy, it, but it's not it's, relevant.
1: Well, it, well, it's like if the democrats were running against uh, eric and donald jr
0: well you know what it is guys it's no a, it isn't like what, that at all what it is <laughs> what it is i his sons it is actually what it yeah. is it's an impeachment it may be scummy but is it criminal and no. is it a hanging offense for candidacy there, no there's,
1: what, nothing, there's, there's nothing here that you've got on biden doing anything improper well he didn't
0: make the phone call did he didn't make the phone call did, did he make a phone call to say stop investigating that gas company did uh, he, did he brag about withholding funds? Yeah, there's no evidence of
2: that. No. He, he did. No one has even suggested that you, that I've heard. You don't think that they'll be asking for stuff like that? I, I just don't sure, see Sure they'll it. be
1: asking for it, but the problem is none of it exists. So for and Trump as
0: best
2: So for anyone Trump knows
1: it was the policy of the Obama administration the Europeans and so forth. Uh, the prosecutor that they got rid of was not one that was doing. One
2: on agrees, but for Trump and America. <laughs> oh, for, okay. <laughs> are, well, no, that's not the point. The point is, how did he get there? And the and the point you seem to be missing is, for the average American, they're not following that, and they see sure. it. call it the swamp. You call it what you well, want. Right. But they the way don't you go against
1: that. Is not they don't too.
2: like American government, and they want to know why. Well, how did Biden's kid get that position? And you can say all you want, Biden had nothing to do with it, and then you come back and say, gee, if, my dad was, if your dad wasn't vice president, would you have gotten that? And the answer is clearly no. They didn't pick him to be on that board because he was a genius in regard to oil. You agree? Hard not to.
1: Again, so the children of famous people get opportunities other people don't. Uh, and, you know, is that something you want to defend? No, but you want to run run on it. You want to says, run on i it? had absolutely nothing to do with this. They're going after my kid because they can't go after me. So I think that, so go I think, for
2: it. So I think the Democrats clearly if need that's a, kid, a If your idea that's a winner, that, that's a way to it's, lose. It's a hell of a
0: lot better than being silent about the it. The Democrats clearly need a candidate who has never been guilty of ethical lapses or guilty of making a quick buck. Once again, I bring you Hillary Clinton. Right
2: there are no people like that, well, there are people
1: who uh don't have problems um, so right now, you know I'm not aware of like any serious problem that Elizabeth Warren has. I think she has
0: lots of other vulnerabilities as a candidate mm. I'd, well, I point you to affirmative action, but that's that's another another issue for another day, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's going to accuse you of having the White House lying on this. Apparently, (laughs) All
0: right. Let's wrap up this podcast, gentlemen. Uh, Impeachment right now, where we sit biggest takeaway from this based on your polling and just your sense of where we are. Is it the effect on the Democratic base, the Republican base, independents, or is there something I'm
1: missing here? Well, it's definitely on the Democratic base at this point. Mm -hmm. Republicans are not mobilized on it, either at the elite or the mass level. Uh, Democrats you know, dying for something to uh, get at Trump. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. For me, the biggest question across the whole election is, uh, is the Democratic base, given what happened in 2018, is that base big enough to carry whomever they nominate uh, to the nomination? And I don't think the answer to that is inherently no. You? No, I don't think the... Democrats can't win with
1: I think we'll find it difficult to win with a base only strategy
0: and also just kind of a Trump hatred strategy, which yes. was a lot of what Hillary banked on in 2016. This guy
2: just should't right it job. came up
1: short right that might be enough to get them over the finish line this time, but it right. i wouldn't I wouldn't bet on that.
2: Well, it's so the question is, you do want all the Democrats out and what you don't have on the base. So the question is, well, what was not in the base? There's two parts not in the base. One, defectors, mm-hmm. people from the other party who vote, uh, pe- Democrats who voted for Trump and Republicans who voted for Hillary. Those are the defectors. And then there's independents, pure in this case. And, and, the, and the bottom line is that that number is never going to be zero, so the question is, even if you don't do particularly well, you only got to change 77,000 votes in three Midwest states, and the, and the election's different. Correct.
1: Yeah, so Democrats have two strategies here. One is get young voters to turn out at abnormally high rates, which they succeeded doing in 2018. Yes. Right. Uh, the second is keep the suburban voters, who are very high turnout voters, to begin right. with. Um, who voted Democratic at unusually high rates mm-hmm. in 2018. Right. Yep. Uh, who are becoming, you know, potentially a part of the right. Democratic base. Women voters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Count on Those two things are probably somewhat opposed to each other. Right. The things you do that excite the, you know, the younger voters that, uh, right. you know, are part of the resistance, hate Trump. Well, he did it in
2: 2018. They, they did. They but do But in a but
1: congressional race, you can run different strategies in different parts of the country.
2: Yeah. The trick, the trick,
0: presidential is to do what Barack Obama did, which is turn out an oppressive coalition of millennials, minorities, right. and women. And she couldn't do it in 2016. We'll see if it happens in 2020. Yeah.
2: Agreed. Which well, is we'll I- see. Which is an
0: invitation to bring you guys back two months from now on December the 1st, and let's kick this around again, okay?
2: See what's happening. We'll now. see We'll see if we've had a resolution of Joe Biden. See <laughs> so if you what? two are
0: still talking to each other by then. <laughs> well, well,
2: why would we? This, you think this is an unusual conversation? No, it's not. <laughs> you, don't, you don't think we disagree on a regular basis? <laughs> yeah.
0: Dave Doug, I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks.
2: You've been listening to Area 45,
0: a Hoover Institution podcast on the Policy Avenue is available to the 45th President of the United States. If you've been enjoying Area 45, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us. And tell your friends about us. You can find the Hoover Institution online at www.hoover.org. And while you're there, sign up for the Hoover Daily Report. which delivers the best work of Hoover's fellows. That certainly includes Dave Brady and Doug Rivers, assuming they're still talking to each other. Straight to your inbox weekdays. The Hoover Institution has Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter feeds. Our Twitter handle is at Hooverinst. That's at Hoover I-N-S-T. Dave Brady is not on social media and proud of the fact. Doug Rivers, however, is. His Twitter handle is at Doug underscore Rivers. That's at Doug underscore Rivers. YouGov, his polling firm, his Twitter handle is at YouGov. That is spelled Y-O-U-G-O-V. For the Hoover Institution, this is Bill Whalen. We'll be back soon with another installment of Area 45. Until then, take care. Thanks for listening.
1: For more podcasts from the Hoover Institution, please visit hoover.org or Hoover's channels on iTunes, iTunes U, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. I'm Chris Dauer
0: for the Hoover Institution. Thanks for listening.